And good morning, hello, hi, whatever. Happy Sunday. Happy, happy, happy post-Thanksgiving. Happy post-Thanksgiving. If you celebrated. It is Sunday, November 28th. Already. 2021. And this is the CC and JT Amateur Hour, where production values go to die. <laughs> I've always laughed at that, but you know, some we've, we've listened to other podcasts and folks have been really, you know, they put in music and pauses and commercial and all that stuff. Now yeah, we don't waste our time with that, which is probably why we only have two listeners. But they're two very awesome listeners. They're two awesome listeners. We across, have a very select audience. <laughs> so across from me is CC, And across from me is JT. And uh, this is our writer's podcast. And we're actually going to talk mostly about writing today. Unusual for us. We're Unusual usually... for us because usually Cece and I, we blather on about, you know. Rela- relationships. Relationships. <laughs> Jinx. Jinx. <laughs> <laughs> We've been together for a few years. so Just a uh, few. But we would love to introduce uh, someone who is stuck with me through, through, through you know, no, no choice of her own, my lovely and talented aunt, Elaine. Welcome to our podcast, Elaine. Yay! Yay! I have never done a podcast before. Um, and we're honored that you are on ours for the you first are time. You are our first guest. Our it first seems yep. like fun. Yeah, it, it is. is. It's okay. fun. So um, just you know, just cut loose. You know, chat whatever you want to chat about. But we uh, we asked for the honor of your presence because you have a very interesting writing related background. I do. I would like to say, to begin with, that I've actually written two books, but I've never done anything with them, but. Um, that's what happens when you are around books and editing and proofreading and reading and all that stuff. And I have, it feels like a lifetime of all that stuff. I'm retired, um, but I was involved in <clears throat> writing and editing for about almost 20 years. Before that, I did a lot of other fun jobs like I had a job in a rubber stamp company where my favorite person who worked there with me had to answer the phone because people were just insane that their stamps hadn't arrived (laughs) and she would hang up and look at me and she'd say people it's rubber stamps not heart valves so I like you know she was good but I digress already, and I haven't even started. That's um, perfectly fine. No. We do, how do it you all. Do that? How do you do that? How do you uh, digress when you don't have anything to... Anyway, never mind. No, no. We um, find it, we, well, we consider this as a forest, and we wander around the woods, and sometimes we hit, get back to the path, and sometimes we don't. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm going to attempt it. Um, I did make a few notes, and um, I have two recommendations for aspiring writers or um, seasoned writers also and I'll be brief but these two things whenever someone says you know what's what's it like to be an editor or a proofreader or you know and if you forgive me can we give this little context here a little context when you say oh. you were a proof a proofreader a proofreader okay proofreader and an editor can you say for which companies that you worked for you know what I would just as soon not name the companies but I can tell you that um, there were three and a half of them, and the half is, it was an advertising agency, so I never mm-hmm. give it full credit. Um, and it went in stair steps from a, a, a um, 
travel company whose books, travel books, are very well known. And then I went from there to um, a, a hiking guide type of environment. And then I went from there to a major publishing company. And I can sort of tell you briefly what each one involved because it was nice. They were all very different. And another part of what I did is the whole time pretty much I was taking freelance gigs when people offered them because even in the Bay Area, which is where I was, it's, it's a small community. Publishing is a small community. Um, but first, my two, um, I don't want to call them commands, so I'll just call them uh, suggestions. I, I don't know if the people listening are writers or proofreaders or what they are, all two of them. Um, <laughs> I have an idea though. Um, so the first one I'll make reference to, oh, by the way, I never say referencing as a verb, I just tell you that. I will, um, I will make a reference to a common uh, saying that aspiring writers are supposed to do, and it's kill your darlings. The phrase is kill your darlings. And what that means is when you've written something that is so wonderful, you, you know that you're gonna get a Pulitzer at least because it just rings so greatly in your head and you know, and you go, you tell your spouse. And, and um, so the, the typical uh, recommendation from seasoned writers is kill your darlings. And that means go through and anything you love that much, get rid of it because it's gonna skew your, uh, you know, your focus. But I have another one and it's called kill your adverbs. And that was a hard one for me to, to grasp because it's, it's a little, you have to be on the alert. Just, I'll give you one example. For instance, you can say, um, you're riding along and, and boy, you have you ever got this sunset thing going? And the, you know, you're, you're on a beach blanket with somebody and you know, the important things are about to happen and you look up and there's the most glorious, beautiful, no, that's not right. See, that's, I, I did it wrong. There is the most incredibly beautiful sunset. In this case, incredibly is an adverb that modifies beautiful. Take it out because it'll have more impact if you say there was a beautiful sunset because the reader will use their imagination because incredibly beautiful is just extra verbiage. So that's the first one. Uh-oh, that might have been the second one. That was the second one. Anyway. Kill your, kill your adverbs, <laughs> and um, oh, that was the first one. Sorry, I got them backwards. I guess it doesn't matter because I can always, you know, in proof I can change it. Um, the other one is, and this is short, go to the dictionary, look up the word to lie and to lay, the two different words, lie and lay. And I'm not even gonna attempt well, I'm doing this off, off the cuff to tell you why this is important, but it is. You don't go, you don't say, if you want to be correct, you don't say, I'm going to go lay down for a while. You say, I'm going to go lie down for a while. They're two different, completely different verbs. That's it. Um, um, and as I say, if you, you should really look into this farther 
if you don't understand it, because there's also, there's a trick. There's another lie, and it is, I never tell a lie. And that's, so there are really three words that can be L-A-Y or L-Y-L, help me out here. L-A-Y-L-I-E. Thank you, yeah. Yeah, so those are, those are my uh, suggestions. I have another suggestion, which is, if you're going to seriously do any of these writing-related careers, like uh, proofreading or copy editing or writing, get buy a hard copy of the uh, Chicago Chicago Manual of Style. I actually think we have more than one copy of it. Yeah, yeah, that's a good idea. And update it when when the updates come out. Once, <clears throat> excuse me, once you buy one online. When the new one comes out, you'll they'll notify you. Oh, and that's good. It's um, it's invaluable reading. It it just it has everything you need to know about um, correctly doing the work to get your book ready for publication. You know, when we were undergrads, we lived and died by the Chicago Manual yeah. style. So yeah. it's like our professors absolutely mandated it. Smart professors. Um. Okay, so moving right along, I, I think I'm going to have to go lie down for a few minutes, but, but <laughs> I'll come back. You're not going to lay down? No, you're, doing, you're doing fantastic. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Deep um, breath. You're doing fantastic. Why, thank you. This um, is all very valuable. It's great for us. Yes. We're learning huh. things. Oh, good. Well, um, I, should, I can make a, an aside here, which is that you, you mentioned that I'm your aunt, right? Yes. Or, or did you? I hope you did. He did. Yeah. You Our, mentioned that Elaine is your aunt. Yes. 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 And one thing that I think um, is relevant is that our family tree is full of writers and readers and, you know, a love of those. And uh, so it makes it uh, almost imperative that you, excuse me, that you have to get involved in some way or form in the world of writing and publishing. Okay, my history. Um, I told you that, did I already tell you that I went to three places? Yes. yes. I wrote it down, I couldn't remember if I said it or not. No, you didn't. I think we jumped the gun on that one because oh, JT right, asked about I, the background. I asked for a little bit of context. Yeah. Yes, so. well that's it. Um, the earliest publishing job I got into occurred because I was working in a bookstore. And one of the women there also worked part-time at the travel book publisher that I mentioned earlier. And I said, wow, I would love to get a job there. You know, instead of, I love being in a bookstore, but <laughs> it's, you can't live on it. It's, it, it never, never works. And I'll tell you, it was at Cody's Books in Berkeley, which is, you know, makes me feel really smug because it's it used to be well known before it went bankrupt. Oh, <laughs> oh, never mind. So sad. So sad. Um, and she said, "Well, there is an opening there, but it's in sales." I said, "Great. Who do I call?" And it turned out that the people in that um, publishing place were having a party the next weekend and she she said well just come to the party and I'll tell my boss that you're going to be there 
So Mike and I went to the party in the backyard. It was really nice. And I met my boss-to-be, and she said, what you would be doing is um, answering phone calls for individual um, requests. You know, you're not going to be like shipping out giant cartons full of books. It'll be like the, the retail sector. And I said, great, actually, I used to work in a rubber stamp company where I did the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. So I did that for a year, and I loved the atmosphere. I loved the people. And um, I can't quite remember how this happened, but I went to somebody in the editorial department. It was in an old warehouse, the whole thing, so everybody was, it was pretty free-flowing, you know, there were no structures. And I just said, um, I'm really interested in editing. Is there any chance that there is an opening? And, well, yeah, we, we could use somebody else here. Let's go talk. And, and so I moved from uh, sales into editing. I became an editor. And I wasn't even sure what that meant. But, you know, it it turned out the first that first job was mainly proofread. Um, you know, going through and this I'm dating myself, but it was not nothing was electronic. It was all hard copy. And I just, you know, learned about how to edit for publication. And I also learned a whole lot about traveling. My first book was um, the Antarctica travel book, <laughs> and that was fascinating. And the thing that has killed me about that lately is the person who is in charge of updating it has a vastly different Antarctica to deal with, and it makes me very sad. Mm -hmm. But So we won't go sad, because this is a, an upbeat podcast, right? Okay. For the most part. Yeah, so I learned a lot about that. Then the next thing that happened was one of the people who worked in this business, became the editor, I can't even remember all the names, but she was the head person at a, a hiking and trail adventure um, book, you know, series of books. And it was also very well known, not as well known as what was to come, but it was very small. I mean, it was really nice because I did everything. That taught me so much. And just universally, writers and people in writing and publishing are just the nicest people. Although in one place we did find a real, a terrible woman who made all, who fired all the good people, but I was already gone. But that's later. I'll be done here in a minute with uh, the outdoors, the great outdoors. So um, I... I had a lot more contact with the authors in this place because it was so small. I was actually the the only real, um, the only real professional. <laughs> Sorry, the the only real editor, professional editor in the place. There was the the guy who did the the um, you know the computer magic and made it all beautiful. There was my boss who really um, found all the editors and got the titles straightened out, but I was the one who just went through it from the time it was on a, a page till the time it was a book, and that was, I just learned so much, and I loved it. 
But then um, I had another friend who I had met through running, because I used to run a lot. And uh, I actually, trivia here, I introduced her to her massage therapist and they got married. <laughs> and so anytime I see them, they say, oh, thanks. <laughs> At least they're not saying, why did you do that? <laughs> anyway. <laughs> I'm surprised you don't say sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, and they, I haven't seen them for a while, but we're, we're in touch the way people are during a pandemic. Um, she had, um, she used to work at this really big organization, this publisher that's nationally known, and they have a, an outlet in San Francisco, and they are the religion outlet, which so now you probably know who I mean, but, um, and she wasn't there anymore, but they had an opening for a, um, a production editor, which is the person who sees the final before it goes to print, you know, and that was another learning experience, but it was very stressful. I was there about three years and it just, there was so much writing on it and we had gotten into the electronic age and if you weren't careful, the, uh, the book you were looking at would all of a sudden go to a different font. And if you didn't, one time I did not catch it. And thank heavens they didn't send it to press because my boss caught it, but I was just, that was about the time I thought, you know, this is way too stressful. This isn't fun anymore, because it was, it was high stakes. The first two jobs I had, they were high enough, but they were pretty much niche books, you know, and they, they had a formula that was pretty consistent for all the, the different ones. So, um, I quit, <laughs> and I, I started freelancing. I freelanced, I can tell you these names because nobody in Lil. I, I, I freelanced a lot at Charles Schwab, which was another whole thing, all the, all the numbers, and oh, geez, drive you crazy. And then freelance, because I had met a lot of people who just wanted an individual proofreader or copy reader or, you know, big edit. So I did that for a while, and then I had another friend who said, you know, this advertising agency in San Francisco pays really well and they're looking for a proofreader. I said, well, I'll go talk to them. And it turned out the reason they needed a proofreader was that one of their, their clients was a, a, a food company and they had food books and um, they had recipes. And a, a big printing came out with their, one of their recipes. It was um, a Japanese dish. And um, one, of the, uh, one of the recipes contained something that said something like, um, you know, great orange peel. And somehow it had gone out as great orange pea. <gasps> oh no. That oh was no. A, <laughs> so somebody in there, because I didn't have a real proofreader. I just right. had, you know, the usual suspects in advertising, which are some pretty happy-go-lucky people. So I did that. I did that for about three three or four years. And it changed so much, and I got old enough that I could retire and, you know, pick up on my, my various foreign, four Ks, my, my retirement stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, I had enough to retire. And so I did. And 
um, wow, I ended up a lot smarter than when I started this voyage. The last book I did was, what, three years ago, freelance, and it was a 500-page dog book. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> and it was high-end, and uh, it was a single woman who, who did this, and she's very involved in the, in the, in the dog um, scene. And uh, it just took forever, and it had a lot of uh, pictures that needed captions. I wrote captions. I, I corrected her. She wasn't a professional writer, but I had done a previous book for her that was not so ambitious. And when I finally got finished with it, she, she said it cost her so much because she sent it to China to be printed. And I mean, it was just top top of the line and it was going to sell. But she said, right now, I'm so broke. How about if I give you a copy of the book? It only cost $500. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and I was so glad to see the end of that. I said, sounds great. Give me the book. Wow. And I have since turned the book over, I believe, to uh, the, one of the children of my... Oh, yeah, we did. Was that... Did that have anything to do with French Bulldogs? Or? It had everything to do with yes, French Yes, so Bulldogs. I think that did get passed down to another author in our family. That's what I figured. She would enjoy it. And it's a beautiful book. Yes. But it was a little odd because... That's a lot of people, money. <laughs> and the people were allowed to write their own stories. What it was was, you know, a series of stories about this is the dog and this is what they do and here's what when mm -hmm. they were born and, and here they are with their children. <laughs> anyway, so that... I finally just said that's enough. And not long after that, I decided under the influence of my relatives to to NaNoWriMo. Yes. And write, uh, finish a, a 500,000 manuscript in the month of November. And I did that, and it was really fun. And then I did another one just on my own. And these characters are still alive in my head. and um, But I've gone back and tried to you know, to edit them, and it, it's so complicated. I almost feel like I should just start over. Maybe you guys can tell me if I should. It's that's a hard decision to make because, in my case, and we've discussed this before, I have repeatedly started over one manuscript. I'm probably on my sixth or seventh version so now, I, so, so I. <laughs> I'm it can be dangerous. I mean, writing for writing's sake is fun, yeah, and yeah. if you don't have any particular outcome then I think it's fine to keep rewriting it but I'm kind of at the point where I probably should find an end point and put it out into the world maybe so well I'm gonna tell you what my problem is and then we can wrap it up because I understand I said I wouldn't talk for half an hour but no I, you're fine evidently no. I can do that <laughs> uh, um, I keep trying to straighten out the timeline yes while I'm writing and I realized I, I shouldn't even do that right I should just forget that but I can't because I'm trying to figure out well if he was 30 and she was only 20 and then 10 years later their child was you know 11 but was that 1999 or was that 1003 and yeah and it, I just get all balled up okay and that's probably something that maybe going back in the editing phase to make sure all the timelines match up and not worry about it while you're writing so what kind of a writer are you? Are you a combination of someone who plots things out or do you write as the moment inspires you which is called a pantser, pantser. Your I'm a, pantser I'm a, the, or a combination? Yeah, I'm a combination but I would say 
I'm heavier on the pantser, and I think this may apply to how you work. It comes to me. You know, mm-hmm. I don't. It's yeah. not a, a a matter of sitting down and saying, "Oh, what shall I write today?" It's like, "Oh, are they going there? Oh, she's you're yeah, kidding. She's going work. into that bar, mm-hmm. you know." And yeah. I know she. And yeah. like I say, this was quite a few years ago, but all these characters to me are like real. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So any advice you can give me, you know. Off, off camera here. <laughs> well, my, cur- my current work in progress, which I finished for Nano this year, uh, I know what the end goal is. I know what's going to happen at the, at the very end of the book. And what I've been doing is, is I've been constructing events, getting towards that end. In other words, maybe a better way to do it, and we've used this metaphor in the, in the podcast before, is the top of the mountain. We're getting to the top of the mountain, but there's several paths up the mountain. That's exactly so, and it's it. Like, you know, but eventually, no matter who climbs the mountain or where they climb the mountain, if their goal is the summit, there's only one goal then. You know, yeah. And it doesn't yeah. matter how they would, if they zigzag and take a straight line. That's, that's really good to hear because that's exactly what I've got. I, I know... I knew way early on that the two, you know, boy and girl were going to get together <laughs> to, exactly. to, to use a cliche, but they had a lot of obstacles in the way. One mm-hmm. of them was that woman that went into the bar, you know. And that's, uh, the, and that's the essence of writing, too, because uh, in the example that you, you cited, which is probably like a rom-com kind of, kind of thing or dramatic kind of thing, is it's, it's a really big mountain that a lot of people have traveled, but you, everybody that travels that mountain forges their own path. Yeah. Again, either through a zigzag or going around the mountain in a big <laughs> circle. Yeah. But eventually, as long as they move upward, they keep moving upward towards that ultimate goal. You've got a book. Well, what I found myself doing, and I didn't like it at, for the ending, is I just, these people were all more or less related in different ways. So I just had them, when the, the daughter graduated, I just had them do a great big party and then I could go around the party and tell what happened to everybody. Yeah. Yeah. But that's, that's a cool idea. Yeah. yeah. Kind of like little yeah. epilogues yeah. for each person. And who was with who and what, you know, how, mm-hmm. what they were doing and where they were living and what they, all that, just in case you'd gotten confused in the yeah. book like I did. Yeah. But the other thing that you're describing is also common because both, both Cece and I have, yeah, you, <laughs> both Cece and I have been there. I've got like four or five uh, finished manuscripts of more than 50,000 words that I've never seen the light of the day because I've been, and it's, it's sad, uh, that I invested so much time and energy because it is, you know, yeah. writing a book is energy. And then when I've gotten to the end of the book or finished to the two-thirds part, to lose confidence in the mm-hmm. book, to lose confidence in myself that it's not a viable yeah. product. And so these poor creatures out there, my poor babies are sitting on a computer somewhere and they're just they're never see the light That's of day. That's kind of like my second one because it was a, a continuation of the first one, mm-hmm. only it was the child of the mm-hmm. the the hero of the first one so and I even my one of my friends took me down to San Luis Obispo because she had graduated there and my character was was having important things because she was there they were there in the you know the whatever that technical school is down there mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but I think she might still be there because I, you know, I tried to dispose of everything, but it didn't. It, it didn't dispose. They're she telling me no. We don't do yeah. this. So. No, no, we we completely relate, and I'm sure <laughs> oh, yes. you know others who Most will listen to this do. will be there too. Um, if you were at the end of your notes, I, I want to visit a couple of things that you talked I'm, about. I'm through. But, but if you have a couple more things, please continue, and then we can circle back. No, around. I'm. That was it. Okay, so you mentioned that you. Um, 
you mentioned that you were at a big publishing house and you had, you had a key position in the production. You were a production editor, so you were the key person. They introduced me as the senior production editor, and I'm looking around. I'm like, no, no. Oh, <laughs> I, I understand that. Oh, feeling. they're talking about me, <laughs> right? <laughs> um, and I think uh, I've told this story in the podcast before, but you may not remember that we, when you uh, when you came to town, you you took me to a bookstore. And you pulled one of your books that you had been responsible for. You just took it off the shelf and you went right to the page and you said, see, we missed this. We made a mistake. I don't Did know if I you really? That. No, I don't remember but, that. But my point being, uh. two points being, first of all, is um, mistakes get through. Oh, yeah. It doesn't mm -hmm. matter if you're a large publishing house, a small publishing house, or self-editing. Mistakes get through. And uh, I think that from your ex professional experience, you know, you just sort of have to just sort of throw up your hands and say... Yeah, darn it, we missed it, but let's move on and let's work harder not to let that happen again. Yeah, um, there that happened in the first place that I worked, and it was on a, the spine of the book. Oh, no. It, it, the word, I can't remember what it was, what the title was, but for some reason, the word urgent was on it, and it was spelled urgent. Which is a different word. And they had to, they had to, they ended up inserting a flyer because you can't just throw away a full run of <laughs> so they basically they put an errata page inside yeah, kind yeah. of saying that this yeah. is incorrect really we mean urgent you know but <laughs> <laughs> but it's you know it's human to miss things like that and, and like, even if you catch most things yeah and, uh, and I don't uh, think probably computer that computers will ever Will ever uh, replace the human eye, though? Yeah, no. Computer, because for that example, because you, these are words that yeah, it are may real. be a viable word, but yeah. it's not the but word the, you meant. But the other point uh, that I wanted to bring up, and your professional experience verifies that, and it's something not that I've said, is uh, you, if if a independent writer can afford it, and that being the key phrase, if an independent writer can afford it, get an editor, yeah. get a fresh yeah. set of eyes. And uh, I'll be candid, um, I had a very bad experience with my books, but it was so bad I took it off of Amazon because I did self-edit and it just, the story was okay, but the, the editing was terrible and I didn't get it edited, so I eventually pulled it off of Amazon. But the downside of doing so and uh, is that I engaged professional editors, you know, yeah. that didn't know me, that could be a completely fresh set of eyes. Yeah. And unfortunately... Between that and the book cover and all the other associated values, it cost me about a thousand dollars to publish a book. <laughs> yeah, mm -hmm. but I feel better. I would rather spend the thousand dollars and feel professional, feel and produce a professional-looking copy, yeah. even if the story sucks. At least I know that, you know, it, it's it. You can it has a good cover and the inside makes yeah. sense grammar-wise. But so mm -hmm. I always tell independent writers if you can afford it, yeah. spend the money on an editor. Well, that reminds me that um, one of the things I did in the course of my career, which sounds so snooty, was really jobs, but um, <laughs> I, I signed up at UC Berkeley and I took, you know, through their extension, the, the uh, proofreading course. And it's like, they're like three or, three or five full length, semester courses and wow. I got my certificate. I learned a lot from that. And what I would say about your book, what happened to you, that was your education. Because, you know, it's true. And yeah. it probably I don't think mine cost a thousand bucks because the UC is, you know, more affordable, but 
that's you have things that happen whether they're from the outside or the inside that like the thing about the adverbs uh, uh, an author told me told me that not not a uh, not a a proofreader and you know they I started to ask them why they were weren't using more third person ah something else you don't do <laughs> you know instead of saying we walked to the hill they said um, steps were taken to get us to the hill mm-hmm. that's you know mm-hmm. passive yeah right and uh, anyway I've learned from so many places and so many people and that would be the main advice just expose yourself to everything you can yeah. keep your clothes on though well you know the the incredible sense of embarrassment I had for that book taught me yeah. so much yeah, uh, about the editing process and so you know I will I will edit 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 yeah and then I will send it to the professional letters and I, do, I you know I have I do I proofread proof editor a proofreader, a line editor, and a content editor. You know, I spend. I know I spend the money because I was just so embarrassed, and now yeah. it's like, it's almost like a, you know a PTSD. PT. No, you're right. PTSD. Yeah. yeah. P, you know, experience that I'm not going to go through that again. I will spend the money, but I also did, as you said, I learned a lot about the editing process and found out I'm not good at that. I don't have that <laughs> int- that intense yeah. attention span that's so needed for that. Well, it always makes me laugh when I talk about proofreading to people who haven't done it they say oh i could do that every time i read the newspaper i find things that need to be corrected i'm like oh nice you should probably get a you know yeah. get a professional job yeah. after you and whatever but, uh, <laughs> but i know what I, they mean I, on the other hand i want to be kind because everyone you kind does, of have to be that way you do notice yeah. Yeah. some of them are very glaring yeah it's true but I think also, and I read some articles on this too, is, is that we are blind to our own mistakes when it comes to writing. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, you know, as you say the adverb thing and things like that, you know, but we, we're, we're, so, we're so caught up in the spirit and the flow of the story that we're creating. And we are this God creating this world that is so magnificent okay. and so on and so forth. I did that. That, ah. we, that, mm-hmm. we, 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 that we miss so much of our own mistakes. Yeah. And I've... Uh, yeah, and so, so when I get this stuff back from the editors, I just sort of go, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to do that. <laughs> well, I think from the editorial point of view, though, are editors judgmental about writers when they're working on something that, in your situation, for example? Not so much, because I think being a proofreader or a, an editor mm. is partly based on the the need to see people succeed in right. their in their uh, I think I would be more inclined to judge someone who wrote you know a, a book about 10 people getting their heads cut off oh right that has nothing to do with proofreading mm-hmm. but if you know as long as it seems like a, an honest effort on their part to mm-hmm. sort of increase the knowledge of the world or whatever right. or even just to entertain people like uh, you so know, I love murder mysteries. That you don't have to change the world to read them, right? But, but then we shouldn't, um, as writers, we shouldn't be afraid of the editing process because it's not like we're sending right. something out and everybody's going, "Oh, look at this! You're a terrible writer." Type of situation. No, no not that I know of. I and mean, I think that's how some writers. I mean, kind of what you're ex- describing is like you kind of shrink into yourself afterward. It's like <laughs> as writers, we feel very vulnerable putting ourselves out there. And maybe we're afraid to look at the editorial comments. Yeah. And it's not something we should fear. It's more of a, it's a kind of a synergistic process. 
Yeah, I think that's a, a good a good analysis. Um, I just remembered I was going to include the biggest mistake I ever made, which you know kept me humble. I was working, I was freelancing, but getting quite a bit of work from a, a small publisher that was based in Berkeley. And um, this one book they gave me, they were really happy with my editing. I was, you know, I was tasked with actually editing, like, you know, changing words around and paragraphs and all that editor stuff. Um, and it was a fairly um, complicated book and it had a lot of notes in the back. Mm. And um, I'm not, notes, you know, there's so many different forms and so many different ways. And it was like three pages of notes and I was almost done. And I sort of scanned them and I said, well, you know, they'll probably fix this. And I turned uh -oh. it in. And that was the last time they ever asked me to do a project. Oh, no. You know, I just figured the rest of what I'd done was so great that they they wouldn't really, you know. Oh, uh, yeah. Because, you know, are you supposed to do the last the last name first? Are you supposed to right. cite, you know, what reference do you cite when you, you know, and I just, I kind of, I futzed around with it, but I, I didn't, I didn't focus on it. So. And that's a good point, too, because we get to some point in our process, like you were mentioning earlier, where it's like we've gone through it so many times, you yeah. just get weary. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. that's when the steps start slipping through. Yeah. Yeah. I'm tired of reading my book. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. never want to see yeah. this again. <laughs> well, yeah. If I have any advice, I'd say don't give up. Or if it's hopeless, do give up. Right. Yeah. You kind of have to figure out the difference. Like if you, <laughs> yes. if it's not salvageable, then you need to walk away, basically. Mm, yeah. But in your case, it may not be. That kind of, I think that decision uh, well, is up it, to you. It stayed with me for so long. It, then I you know, think I, I know these people I know I right know all about them so I'm in this exact same boat we need to be like writing buddies and yeah urge oh, each other oh, on actually a good idea you guys <laughs> should be writing buddies I would love that we should do that okay and we can kind of keep each other on track okay as soon as we shut off the spotlight here we can talk about it <laughs> <laughs> okay so we have a new writing team we do. So, so you, the E and C writing team, you guys figure out, figure it out. But you know, but uh, but you know, I mean, hey, you know, right? And that's 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 actually a, a good segue to another point about writing is that it is sometimes it does feel like it's a very solitary job, and when you are writing, you're the only person in the world that truly understands. And that's actually kind of true, but not kind of true because yeah. while you may be building your own world. You have people there that will help you build the world. That being, of course, the editor. The editor is, uh, as you pointed out, is can be the writer's best friend, but also ally, which is not the same thing as a friend. No, it's not. Mm -hmm. Because an ally is someone who can help build a person to be the best and produce the best product yeah. that they can. Yeah. And sometimes, if I understand some of the, what you were saying between the lines, sometimes that means you don't. You're not their friend. Yeah. So, and that's probably and that's probably the difficult part of being an editor. Mm -hmm. I took a, a writing class in Berkeley, and there were it was pretty full. There were like maybe ten people, and at first I thought, oh, you know, cross my arms over my chest, oh yeah, right. And just what you're saying happened. People, you know, they weren't especially kind, but they weren't mean. Mm -hmm. They were just helpful, mm -hmm. and. Um, 
So it's yeah. And, well, that's, hard for, and that's hard for people who, take, who, who don't take criticism well to begin with. Yeah. Because writers can be rather you know eccentric. <laughs> no. No. Well, and but, that, but that brings up another good point: is that um, especially I'm sure editors are really good at this, but if you have a writing partner or a critique partner, you have to learn how to critique without breaking the person basically it has to be a positive critique mm, like yeah not like your writing sucks basically yeah. but these kinds <laughs> even, of things even if would, it does yeah you know i mean but i that that's another thing that i've learned in writing classes and yeah. writing workshops it's like when you're doing a critique you need to be kind because yeah. you don't want to break the person who's creating yeah. this world yeah you can praise it in mm-hmm. a way like you can say i i think i understand what you're getting to here but it's not quite happening Right. So, you know. Yes. In a positive, the positive yeah. feedback is important. Okay. okay. Well, would you believe that we've already spent 41 minutes on this podcast? <laughs> it probably felt like a very long walk to you, but yeah. this this is, I found myself, this is very valuable, and I'm sure both of our listeners will too. Mm-hmm. And, and, uh, any other points you want to bring up? Any other experiences? Um, I can make a short comment, which... I don't know, it's not very pleasant, but I am 75 years old, and I find that my acuity is not what it used to be. And writing, when my brain is slower than it was a while back, um, is a challenge. And I I love that I have people like you who who, uh, keep me on the straight and narrow and, and make me feel like I don't need to give up. So thanks. Okay. No, that's a good point. It's uh, not so much how much you put out, maybe, but the fact that you're just putting time and effort into the process and you're still enjoying it. Oh, yeah. Which is important. And keeping the neurons firing in the brain, which is also very important. And mm-hmm. Hi, Dave. We actually got you in there somewhere. Neurons <laughs> firing brain. Yeah, see, there we go. Yeah, our, our one of our relatives is a, a psychiatrist and a, what is he? A neurologist. Okay. Yes. He touches squishy stuff in the in the you know. yeah right yeah um, the cerebrum the cerebellum the uh, whatever parts know. of the brain well the cerebellum is not to be confused with the antebellum right very true yeah so okay so hey you listened to him you actually picked up on this stuff <laughs> <laughs> little writing related humor there yeah. okay we're gonna go ahead and wind this up because we have been going for a while but wow so first of all thank you yes everything every word you said was valuable and i think it, uh i hope yeah mm-hmm. really and uh it gives it gave me some uh, some valuable insight i learned sure. some things well thank that's you that's always um, helpful i learned a few things myself when i said them out loud i'm like oh yeah that's right so you know win 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 mm-hmm. win 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 Okay, so we're going to do the commercial part and wrap this up. You can hear this podcast and other podcasts on our website at www.carsonhume.com. We have a blog out there. We have podcasts. And, of course, we have a social media presence, which you can access from our website, and we invite you to do so. We also invite our listeners, both of them, to send as much feedback as they possibly can because, as you learn from this podcast, but as you also learn in real life, feedback makes us better. Even if you say something like, it sucks, tell us why it sucks, and we'll see whether or not we'll process it, and we'll either apply it, or we'll just say, eh, 
<laughs> because this is where production values go to die. Production values go to die. Until next time, the sitting across the table from me is CC. And across from me is JT. And across from us is Elaine. Hi, Elaine. Thank you again. Hi, JT thank you. and CC. Thank you for having me. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for joining us. And thank you for joining us. Y'all have a great week. Stay out of trouble. <laughs>